So hi everyone and uh, welcome back to us talking about um, Ephesians 4 Ministries and in particular Apostles and how that is all being fleshed out. Um, I love these little conversations that we have, Roger, this is fantastic. I'm enjoying it. And uh, today we're going to really start to look at how your kind of personal journey and your entrance okay. right. into this. All right. um, and I know that I've heard quite a bit of this story and I'm just excited to hear it all again. So you have to remind me of the facts of this. <laughs> um, so how long is it now that you've known Kerry and been aware of? Uh, I was aware of Kerry uh, several years before I met him. My sister was uh, living in the north of England and uh, had been to the church in Bradford where oh, okay. it began. Abundant Life Church. Abundant Life oh, Church. Um, it was Church House in the Church place, House, sorry. Where Bryn was and Kerry was and so she had some experience. She wasn't a member there, but she'd been there, and uh, it was part of our pilgrimage, I guess. So we knew of them, and they had a reputation in the country. Mm. Um, a reputation, a good reputation, or just uh, a, a famous reputation? Uh, to be honest, both. <laughs> there were those who really thought that these these people are onto something. Others felt threatened by them, and there were all the usual terrible rumours around about uh, sheep stealing, mm-hmm. stealing people from denominations and authoritarianism and stuff like heavy that. Heavy shepherding. Heavy <laughs> shepherding. I always imagine a heavy shepherding. <laughs> um, none of which, of course, were true, really. Um, and was this um, through uh, what Church House were doing and the kind of the worship that was coming out of that? Was it from the, the Bible weeks that they were putting it was, on? It was a mixture of everything, really. Just You find on, on the Christian grapevine, mm-hmm. very easy, things start to happen. Okay. Have you heard this? And because we weren't even baptised in the Holy Spirit, so we were in the evangelical wing of the church, doing our stuff. Um, very suspicious of this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. very suspicious, because um, even though in, in my uh, pilgrimage, and Diane's pilgrimage, my wife, uh, we were approaching the time to get baptised in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because for me, being grown up in a, an evangelical background, which I'm very grateful for, because it it gave me a strong appreciation of the scriptures mm-hmm. and uh, and things like that. So I'm grateful for that. But there was no Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic, given you've got a strong appreciation of the scriptures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, it didn't really happen. That, that was part of my problem, Harry, because I was reading the scriptures yeah. about people getting baptised in the Spirit, speaking in these languages, uh, people getting healed and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And, um, I wasn't satisfied with the uh, the answers that those things are not for today. Yeah. Um, it didn't sit. It didn't sit with me on my understanding of the scriptures, and didn't sit with me experientially. Mm. I thought, well, how come these guys experience something that I can't, and yet I hear of all these people who are experiencing this stuff. And you found a, a kind of a hunger. Yeah, it was an increasing hunger. So so much that. Uh, um, Diane and I have been in, uh, we've been married about a year, and we, uh, we ended up going to a, a Baptist church that didn't have a great reputation evangelically in the city, <laughs> which is part of my problem. <laughs> but Diane was working with a guy uh, at the time, and she said, there's something about this guy in the church he belongs to. I said, well, okay. So we went, 
And long story short, we met some great people there who were sitting behind us. They became very close friends and big impact on our life. It was through them, about two or three months later, that we got baptized in the Holy Spirit, mm. speaking in tongues. It was through reading Dennis Bennett's book, Nine O'Clock in the Morning, when the Holy Spirit in you, which was a massive charismatic renewal book. Okay. Lots of, thousands of people got baptized in the Spirit through reading that book. So we got caught up then in the charismatic thing. About the same time I was, uh, this was about 1980, 81, 80, I, I, I went to train to be a Baptist minister but I didn't want to be one. Mm. I just knew God had his hand on my life. And uh, that was the way we went. But I thought, I don't want to be a Baptist minister. Um, and I was beginning to see that there's got to be the, uh, the church. You can't just keep this format going. It's, there's got to be more. That's all I had. Okay. And uh, so we got involved uh, with a a group just outside Cardiff from our church that uh, were just beginning a, a little house group in a little village. Mm. It was called Rotary, just outside Cardiff. And they were from our church and they asked us to go and help them, a number of people. And because I was a student at the Baptist College, I was allowed to do that. But the thing just took off. I wasn't leaving it, it just took off. And mm. People were getting saved, filled with the Spirit, getting mm. healed, and, and we were growing. Eventually, um, I felt I couldn't, I wasn't launching, but I felt I, I couldn't, in all honesty, remain as a Baptist candidate for Baptist ministry. So the college graciously allowed me to stop that, but stay at the college and just do studies. Okay. First time they'd done that in 100 years. Wow. And I was very grateful for that. It mm. gave me time. But it was during that period, as we were in this little group and they were growing, like many other charismatic groups at the time, use that phrase, we realized that there was something going on outside of us because we go to these renewal meetings, mm -hmm. we, we meet all sorts of people, and you meet all sorts of people. Um, but we were realizing there's got to be some kind of structure and order to what we're doing. Yep. Otherwise, eventually, we're going to hit some problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we used to talk in those days about covering. Yeah. Um, who's covering you, who's looking after you. Well, it's a hunger for that authority, isn't it? Yeah, it's more system. like an unconscious recognition of it, mm -hmm. that you think, we do need to be covered by somebody or something. But we knew it wasn't a denominational organisation because we were, we were coming free of that, mm. but not realising where we were going, but we were looking for something. At the same time, I, was, I was, had this growing sense that what God wanted was a church worthy of the name of Jesus. Mm. That's all I could say. There's got to be something in this world besides our little group um, where there are people who are like-minded, who have this same desire of church, that all it is is it's just worthy of Jesus. Mm. And during that time we looked at a lot of different people recovering and there were lots of different groups and we knew of the Bradford people, we would say, but we think, oh no, they're, they're authoritarian. <laughs> we look at others, we think, no, 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 no. And through a, through a series of events uh, in which um, I, uh, one of our group went to a, a, a university, 
in Loughborough at the time. And he came back and he said, uh, I've been going to this church, which is uh, part of this Bradford group. And he said, they're on to something. Mm. At the same time, one of our group, the same chapel I got baptized in the Spirit through, he was going to this caravan fellowship. And he came back one day and he said, I've got this tape. Uh, you need to listen to this tape. And it was uh, a tape called A House for God. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm an American uh, guy. And then he was describing, I thought, that's what we <laughs> that's it. Right, okay. That's, that's it. This guy, we're not, we're not crazy. He, he believes it. And more. So um, we got hold of him and uh, we discovered he was coming to speak at a Terry Virgo Bible Week in down south. So I went to hear him speak. And that's where I picked up Restoration Magazine, which was the magazine used to be put out by uh, uh, Harvest Time, as they were called, with Brim and Kerry and, and then Preston and I. I started subscribing to it. I thought, man, this is radical stuff. And it's ringing all my bells. And then... Um, what kind of stuff? End times, uh, an explanation of what revival is, the nature of the church, what the church should look like, mm -hmm. Holy Spirit living, mm -hmm. and then news of, of things around the world where... You this saw, was happening yeah, in real time. The, the first one, I think, was called, the first one I got was Suddenly from Heaven, I think it was called. Uh, Brim was writing about an end time revival, end time move of God. And I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible stuff. Um, so what happened then was uh, we wrote to this, this, uh, this guy this, from America. And uh, he came back and said, the man you need to meet is Kerry Jones. So I, I've heard of him. Mm -hmm. I thought, how am I going to carry him? <laughs> well, towards the end of that year, this was 1983, uh, in Restoration Magazine and in the local paper, I saw this advert for this local church in Cardiff called City Church Cardiff, who were putting on a series of teachings in January 84 mm -hmm. at the university. And uh, it was advertising at stop. But it said that they were part of this group. And I thought, hmm. And you'd seen enough to kind of negate Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I realised the bad press. I, I've got to make my own call. Mm -hmm. Because we were getting to the point, we were growing. And if we hadn't done something, we knew we needed some leadership structure. Mm -hmm. We would talk about, not a, we talk, it says in the New Testament, elders, how on earth do you get those? Because yeah, yeah. for me, coming from a Baptist background, it was the deacons who ran the church, and then the elders were the old guys who were on the trustees. The trustees. The trustees. And I thought, well, what's this? Yeah. So, anyway, uh, what happened was uh, I went along on the first night to this teaching, and as I walked in, there were people I knew <laughs> from my past okay. who had been brethren people I hadn't seen for years. And I, I thought, what are you doing here? And they say, well, we got baptized in the Holy Spirit and we got kicked out of our church and we've been on this pilgrimage and now we're part of this group and uh, with Kerry Jones. I thought, oh. And I thought, well, I know you folks. You're, You're like me. Yeah. So it's happened to you. Yeah. Well, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit from a Baptist background, but I've missed them and I've been involved in this charismatic thing. And as I was saying to David in another session, 
um, I realized this is charismatic thing, but I'm not interested in renewing the denomination. It's not going to work for us. Mm -hmm. There's got to be something more. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, that's what we found. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was introduced afterwards to, um, by, by a guy who's still in the church, Steve Matheson, who I knew from years ago. He said, would you like to meet Brian Shutt, who's the leader of this church? And Brian had been teaching, and I, I said, yeah. So <laughs> Brian and I had a cup of coffee, and um, Brian, uh, who passed away recently, I can't speak of the Lord, he changed my life. Because hmm. that night as we sat, having a cup of tea, I told him our story of our journey, where we come from, and Brian had come down from Bradford to, to lead this group. And uh, as I said to him, I remember it now, I said, we need to appoint some elders in our church. And Brian, if you knew Brian, I just loved him, but he was, <laughs> he was very direct. And he said, you can't do that. And I said, I know that. I said, well, who does? And he said, well, apostles do. And in that moment, it was like everything just went... Clicked into place. Everything clicked. We would call it revelation. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit just said, that's it. Mm -hmm. And I said, you are right. Mm -hmm. And I guess, Harry, from that moment, and it happens, I, I just thought, of course, it's evident and I haven't seen it in all these years. Mm -hmm. But now I see it. Mm -hmm. So then he said, would you like to meet Kerry Jones? As the apostle, I said, yes. So he's coming to visit the church in a couple of weeks. So two weeks later, um, by this time my heart was open. I, I knew, I thought, there's something going on here. I think this is the direction. I'd always said to the church, listen, I'll take you as far as I can, but the time will come when I've got to make a call for Diane and me, and mm. I can't tell you what to do, but the time will come, I'll take you as far as I can. Mm -hmm. But because even though I was the leader, I was a democratically <laughs> and so uh, I walked into the room at Brian's home and I walked across the, the room and I, the moment I shook Kerry's hand before I before I ever said a word and he said a word the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said this is the man you've been looking for mm. submit your life to him and for me Harry that was the moment it was uh, that's it I've come home and others will tell of a, a story that they were in a meeting or they went, but for me it was that moment, you've come home. That mm -hmm. was 1984. Mm -hmm. And I'm home. <laughs> um, of course then, that was the, we, we talked, Kerry and I talked. Um, I, didn't, I had no experience of what an apostle did or mm -hmm. whatever, or gift of Christ, any of that stuff. Yeah. All I knew was, this is it. Mm -hmm. I, I have no idea what this is, <laughs> but this is it. Mm -hmm. And we talked, and bless him, I just said, what he said, you need to be very, very sure of what you're getting into with us. Mm -hmm. Not dangerous, you have to be very sure. But I knew, because God said to me. So over a period of the next few months, um, Brian would come and talk and teach our group, and eventually we said, okay, we're gonna close down our operation, and we joined with the church in Cardiff. And mm -hmm. Still here. <laughs> the rest of and so that began a, a very strong relationship with Brian that lasted 40 years hmm. through uh, you know, various manifestations of being together and him traveling and being in Leicester and coming back and going in. And then an emerging relationship with Kerry, um, not as a leader, I wasn't a leader, I was just part of the, the church, but yeah. 
he is an apostle, how does this work? What does he do? Um, so I had no clue. Mm. So I had a lot of learning to do. Yeah, it's funny as well, isn't it? Because the uh, people, people who know you know you as really good friends with Carrie, one mm. of the closest friends that you, yeah, of yeah. the history that you've got and the experiences yeah. that you have. But but in the moment, it was it was like Jesus calling his disciples, "Come and follow me." And That's all it was. They yeah. set down their stuff and, and off they went. Yeah. And that over those three years, they get this revelation of the man and and off off they go and <laughs> change the, the course of history. Yes. And uh, you have this moment where you, you realise this is this is the guy that I've got to yeah. this is who and that's what it was. Yeah. No, I many more than that. <laughs> it was just this is the guy. Uh, and uh, that was it. I uh, I didn't know what I was getting into or where it would take me and Diane personally. Yeah. I didn't see any of where I am now. Yeah. I thought well, I've led this group now. Now, yeah, we're, now we're part of this, yeah. and let the fun begin. <laughs> <laughs> it was very costly. It cost me a lot of uh, in in uh, in family and friends to associate and join with the church and these people because of all of the negative press. That negative press out. and turning my back on uh, as perception on on denominationalism and. Uh, Mm. I'm not anti-denominational, I'm not anti-Baptist, I, uh, um, I have friends, that the structures, they didn't work, and uh, so I'm not anti-anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I was for a while, mm. but now thinking, no, that's not, that doesn't solve anything. Mm. I'm pro the Kingdom of God, mm, good. but I didn't have a clue what the Kingdom of God was. Okay. I didn't have a clue what covenant was, mm. I didn't have a clue what the church was. I didn't know much at all. <laughs> I didn't. All I knew was, this is right. Mm. So how did it then kind of develop over the course of the, the years, your, your kind of, your relationship with Kerry, your relationship with Brian, how did that, uh, and learning about kingdom and learning about covenant and, because you, you have this one moment with Kerry, but then in, in learning about all of this other stuff, surely, <laughs> It brings dramatic changes to the way that you live. Oh yeah, you... yeah. Because you know, we'll be joined the church, and then with, um, I would say, covenant became the big thing first of all. Because we we didn't talk about covenant in our group. We talked about commitment, belonging. Mm -hmm. You're in, mm -hmm. but we didn't understand the whole nature of the biblical covenant and what it meant to be a covenant community. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, just being part of the church. Embracing the teaching, the what we talked about in the previous uh, video about this uh, this um, mystery or the apostolic gospel. Thinking, well, what is it? And, it, and you hear it practicalized then in, well, we're a people of covenant. Mm -hmm. We join together. We're a people of mission. We're a people of this. And so, I all these things that were there in the scriptures. I thought, oh yeah, that's what the kingdom of God. That's what it means to be in covenant. And so you're embracing them and it's all filtering through and it, it becomes part of you after a while. Mm. And then you realise, because Kerry wasn't here, he was up in the north, so I didn't have a strong interrelationship with him. My relationship was with the brothers and sisters and then Brian took me under his wing mm -hmm. and discipled me and exposed me to things and um, then talked about leadership and I thought, what? <laughs> 
as a surprise, but over the year, over the months, I guess, and the years, then it was just, this is what this apostolic community, this is what it believes, this is what I have joined. Mm. And I thought, well, I can't just say, I'm in. I've got to be in. I've got all these things that are important and part of this teaching um, have become part of me. Yeah, part of the cost of discipleship. Yeah, see, Diane and I tithed way before we ever joined the church. So we don't, we don't tithe because we're part of this church. We have tithing for a long time. God's shown us that. Um, on the practice of uncovering and covering their head, which we practice in the church as you do. Diane did that long before you met the church. I didn't see it because of my upbringing. Mm. So she said, I, she started to do it, and I said, why are you doing that? <laughs> she said, you don't get it, do you? I said, no. <laughs> and even when we were coming into the church, because they practiced it, I didn't see it. Mm. I wasn't against it, I just, what? What's the point? What's the point of that? But it was only when we were joining the church, I thought, well, I see everything else. And I see that this is important as part of the, the teaching of the church. So I thought, okay. It was, it was that process of revelation that I think, I couldn't tell you the day it became mine, but it's mine. I don't just believe it because the apostle teaches it, I believe, but it's mine. Mm. And if, if, God forbid, anything ever happened, I think, no, it's, it's mine. Mm. And so it's just receiving it. It's just thinking, it's not like, well, I've got this, how does this line up with mine? Thinking, wow, but that's how the process, it's like osmosis, isn't it? It just comes, comes part of you. Yeah, yeah. I know for, for me, that's for sure been my <laughs> experience in, in just meeting people and, uh, and being able to kind of almost cut them apart and you, you see the same DNA in people and you go, yes. Yeah, that's you do. What I, you know, I spent some time over in the Philippines working together with Norralf. See, and you the, see the heart of the man. Is yes, Norralf's a classic example. <coughs> he, I think he met Kerry the same year as me. Oh, really? Was it? Oh, I didn't know that. I think he was 84, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that at all. And we became friends yeah, in the late 80s and about 1990. Oh, yeah. right, okay. But yeah, you see those moments, and I remember I spent a few years over there, and there was a, a meeting that we went to, my moment, so to speak. Yeah, was um, <clears throat> we were at a meeting in Bible Week, and you probably well you you were there and remember it, where Tony Ling stands up and and no, it wasn't Tony. Kerry comes up and says, "If you're under me, he gets this umbrella." The umbrella. And he puts the umbrella up, and if you're with me and want to stand under my umbrella, then please stand now. And I remember seeing more else stand up. And I thought, uh, if Norralf's going to do it, then I'm going to do it. And it, it was really hard to, it's really hard to describe because it was, it was, uh, it's that, I mean, I, I didn't know the guy, but it was enough that I knew Nor Norralf. It was enough that I, yes. I knew, I knew Dave. It was enough that I, I, I knew these people whose, whose hearts were so good. And it's only as time goes on and you get that unfolding revelation, so to speak, where you yes. go, ah, that's, that's why in this man who's influenced and so many people in this flow from God and the authority that comes and it flows through all of these people and you yes. just, God, it just kind of blows your mind as you, as you go through it. It does. But the, the covenant and you go, I'm in, no matter what. Yes. This is it, I'm in. Um, and uh, it, yeah, it, it just dramatically. You just know, don't you? Yeah. It's it, funny that umbrella because uh, I remember 
So I think it was Tony Ling prophesied that to Kerry some years before. Right. That the time would come when he would do that. Mm. I, I was there when he prophesied it to him, and I can't remember the setting. So that night when Kerry did that, I thought... 20 years in the making. Whoa, this is a big moment really for him. Yeah. It's not a show. No. This is a big moment for him because of what he's about to do. Yeah. And I thought... Yes, I was just like, well, I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it wasn't like, you know, who's under my umbrella, who's under my thoughts. This is the journey. We are to get, we are people together. Absolutely. And... Uh, it's a very significant moment. Oh, one of the most significant moments in mind and body's life. Yeah, and that's it. And you think, well, other people might not. But for you, it's but because of what Nora, who had that big impact on you. Yeah. And then his relationship yeah. to Bryn and to Kerry and to other men. Yeah, absolutely. And that's his journey. He can tell you that when I get his own story. <laughs> yeah. So, so then um, if we jump back yeah. to to kind of your journey you at some point uh, step into eldership yes about a year after joining the church um you know, brian had started to um ask me to do certain things mm -hmm. um like teach or preach and i would do that uh, i was working had a job and then towards the end of that first year about a year after we joined the church he came and said um which is shocked to me. He said, Kerry, because Kerry, I didn't see much of Kerry at all in those early years, Brian. Uh, but uh, again, it's one of these things what apostles do, they just know, they just go around things. Mm -hmm. I probably only met him once or twice since that day in Brian's home. And uh, Brian said, I've been talking to Kerry and uh, he'd like to, uh, he'd like to lay hands on you become an elder. Well, you could hit me with a feather, I was stunned. <laughs> because I'd come to realise how important our eldership is. Mm -hmm. It's not like, yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't something to, um, it, it wasn't like the next rung on the ladder for no, you to achieve. it wasn't. Because you'd been through the experience with your... Yeah, I'd been on the run <clears throat> thing. Yeah. And realising some of the things I started to imbibe is... And one of the things that I, I still admire and respect about the men and women that we are part of, like a Dave and a Sue and, uh, and others, uh, there's no one in it for fame. No. Tony Ling, probably the greatest preacher I've ever heard, had no interest in fame. Mm. There's none of this personal ambition. Mm. And that, that's true. Uh, I've never seen that. Mm. People who have personal ambition don't last long. No, it's, it's aspiration for greatness as yeah. opposed to ambition for greatness. And so when, when Brian said, what? Um, so anyway, a few months later, um, they nudged, well, they nudged to the church, and the church went, yeah, yeah, great, fantastic, wonderful. And I think, what? <laughs> anyway, uh, I was, uh, hands laid on me to become an elder. Mm -hmm. And that was a, an experience, I think, when hands are laid on you mm. by these gifts, it was something happened to me. Mm. Um, I thought, okay. And then, of course, then the responsibility of eldership, of uh, having this rule yeah. and authority and care. And Brian was an incredible role model to me. He helped me an awful lot. Of course, what that did then over a period of the next three or four years, 
um, meant that I I saw more of Kerry because mm-hmm. I would meet with him and Brian when he was visiting or yeah. we would meet with him and get into his thinking, mm-hmm. his heart mm-hmm. and understanding of what he was seeing and the way he worked because the, it has it's a relationship mm-hmm. and, I, and that began to grow then yeah. um, over the next years mm-hmm. and when Brian then left Cardiff to go to Leicester in 88 to take over the church there I was here on my own mm. for about two and a half years. <laughs> that was a fun gig. <laughs> and uh, of course, then I had a, a, a friend in the church, a, a deacon, Malcolm Clemo, I must name because I wouldn't have made it without him. Mm. And he's still in the church today, mm. dear friend. But uh, it was that period then when, of course, I, I saw a lot more of Kerry because he understood I was an elder on my own. Yeah, and he needed that. And I needed him, and the church needed him. Mm-hmm. So that was the very practical thing where, but our friendship just built then. We became friends over the period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just grew. It's funny because even though we're both from Wales, uh, in some things we have, you know, we both, we both like Manchester United. Sad <laughs> <laughs> times at the moment. Which is a, yeah. <laughs> um, but we, we have different interests, although we both come from very strong socialist on our one side of our family, almost communist background, we have that strong Welsh family thing from my father and his stepfather. But really our friendship is not based on like a common interests, it's just the Lord who made us friends, mm. which is interesting. And it just emerged. Um, but I didn't work with him in a ministry, Ephesians 4, because I wasn't one. Mm-hmm. I was an elder of a church. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize, I never dreamed thinking, oh, I'm an Ephesians 4 gift. <laughs> uh, never entered my head. <clears throat> were, you, were you interacting with other Ephesians 4 ministries as elder? Yeah, people like Tony Ling, yeah. Ellen Tu, uh, who, no, he wasn't recognized as a prophet then. But um, some of the recognized gifts who I held in great, I mean, Tony Ling for me was. One of the old time breaks. Yeah. One of the most humble man you'll ever meet. Humblest man, but he's just a great man. Mm. So I was realizing, wow, these guys are humble, ordinary men, but there's something about them. They have a revelation and a power and a, a determination and a guts and a grace. And I thought, he's a. He's a so just a gift, a gift of Christ. Yeah, right? the gift yeah. of Christ. And I saw them, and I, I saw some men who were regarded as teachers, and some of them I thought, yeah, that's great. And other people would say to me, well, you know, you're just a teacher. You, you know, you're good at teaching. But it was almost like, mm. But I loved, the, ever since I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I loved the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I think, what? Um, <laughs> and so it wasn't until uh, 1992, I think it was that Kerry had a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what that conversation was? I do, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was, oh, it's early 93, I remember it now because um, uh, I'd been part of 84 and I I enjoyed teaching ministry in back, not big platforms. I was not a big platform preacher. I mean, I've done it a couple of times, but I thought small groups, people, I just want. I just want people to 
be able to engage. Be able to know and live. And yeah. I'd had a significant prophetic word from Bryn in 88, who didn't know me. It was probably the prophetic word that got, that formed, made sense of my life. Okay. And, uh, and has been the word for my life. What was that word? Really? <laughs> I, I can tell you certain things of okay. it, but it was really about uh, teaching and making things understood for people. Hmm. That I would take things and make things understood for people. And there were certain things that people will say to me, and they still say them today, <laughs> which is every time I hear it, I hear God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that guiding thing for me. So um, that had been growing, and I just thought, okay, well, I'm an elder who teaches. Mm -hmm. That's what I, that's my gift in the church. I teach mm -hmm. all sorts of things. Um, then a little bit of Kerry asked me to do a little bit of travelling, not with him, but to places and to do this and that, and and travelling to other churches. I think probably Southport I'd been to by then. I, I, Dave will remember. <laughs> um, Jeff, I'm not sure, but just grown. But he sat me down one day and he said to me, um, you have a question to ask of yourself. And I said, I do. <laughs> he said, yes, you do. And I said, well, what's the question? And I thought, well, when Kerry says that to me, I thought there's something big coming here. Yeah, yeah. And he said, you have to ask yourself, are you an elder who's able to teach or are you a teacher in Ephesians 4 gifting? Never thought of it before. <laughs> Uh, and as you said it, and I think this is something to do with this revelation, there's also something that comes alive in you. Mm. Not ambition, the next steps, it was, oh. And as he, as he said it, I sat there, and as he said, or are you a teacher in Ephesians 4? It was like, that's the reason why I'm in this world. Mm. I looked. It was one of those, yeah, yeah, yeah. ever since Sunday school, youth group, small group, Bible school, all I'd ever wanted it was, of course, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, uh, I believe I'm uh, in Ephesians 4. <laughs> he says, well, of course you are. He said, well, uh, all the brothers have had that for ages. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? He said, yeah, that's what you are. So then, um, a short time later, they brought me before the church, the community here, and he and Tony. They don't, this is an important thing, I think, for gifts of Christ. They don't make you a gift of Christ. Mm -hmm. Christ makes you the gift of Christ. Yeah, That's what I always had been. Mm. But I didn't know that. Although I sometimes think if you talk to somebody, an apostle, I don't know. Some of them will say, I, I knew I was one. But I didn't know, but it depends on the apostle I think you speak to, but they can tell you that story. But it was like, yeah. But when I remember when I opened my eyes after they had hands on me, suddenly I saw everything different. I saw the church differently. Wow. It wasn't like, I thought, I'm given to this, the body of Christ worldwide. Can't explain it more than that, Harry. Mm -hmm. Of course, what that did then was to change my working relationship with Kerry. Yeah. Because now I wasn't just an elder. I was now a fellow gift, mm -hmm. um, working with him. And that's an important thing, I think, for uh, apostles and prophets and evangelists. They're, they're gifts who work together. Mm -hmm. So how did that change then? What was the shift? That took place? Um, he started to uh, 
um, asked me to go to places to do things with churches. He'd say, I want you to go to this place now and I want you to teach this. I remember one time we went to Canada together. We were doing this tour in Ontario of the churches that were working with us. And he said, right, he said, we're going in. He said, I'm, I'm going this way and you'll follow me this way. So I'm going in. So when you come in, I will have done this. So you do that and I'll see you back here in a couple of weeks. So I didn't see him, but uh, he said, I'm going in to do this. Now I can't do that, mm -hmm. but that's what you will do. So uh, I would come in knowing about what he'd done. So then I, 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 I brought what I could bring into the church that he had opened up. Right. Uh, and that's an important thing. Uh, for me, as a teacher, I'm working to an apostolic doctrine. Mm -hmm. It's important that. So um, Why is that important? Because it's not... It's, it's an apostolic house, it's not a teacher's house. <laughs> um, we're talking about the apostles are the stewards of this mystery. Mm. But part of a teacher's gift is to make that mystery understandable. Okay. So the mystery is not, <laughs> a mystery in the scriptures is something that was hidden that's now revealed. Yeah. So it can be, right, I, I want to teach the people on this. I want them to be really equipped in this. Now I'll bring this, not in some kind of mysterious way. But I, I want them to have this now. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, even now, uh, not so much now because um, people ask me to go themselves. But if I'm going somewhere, it depends what it is. I'll, sometimes I'll talk to them and say, I've been invited to go to this place, Gray, one of the churches. And they say, That's great. I said, Is there anything specifically while I'm there you want me to bring to them? They say, um, no, whatever they've asked you is good, but while you're there, would you bring them this? Mm -hmm. Other times, um, he will send me in his place and okay. say, last time I, I went to um, Belarus with our friend Slava Goncharenko and James, my son, who is now that I'm recognized as a teacher now, Kerry had been with us before, but he said, um, Slava wanted us to teach on the kingdom of God, the nature of the kingdom. So Kerry said, um, I don't need to be there. He said, not like, well, you can do that. Mm -hmm. He said, what they're asking, they don't need me, but I am sending you. Mm -hmm. That's an important thing. Mm -hmm. You go. Don't mm -hmm. that answering the question, but <laughs> it's this, I'm out there on my own agenda. And it's not like, what's the party line? Mm -hmm. But it's, uh, I'm not going to teach anything that I know is contrary to what the apostle teaches for this house. Yeah. That's, if I do, I am disqualified. I have no right to do that. Mm. So if, say for instance, that we've been talking about, say for instance, and it, it's, not, um, it's not a condition of membership, but I know, I know what Kerry teaches about tithes and offerings and stewardship of finance. Mm -hmm. It's part of his gospel mm -hmm. because of the things I talked to Dave about. If I were to come to a church and to say, well, I know Kerry teaches that, but, but that's, uh, that's illegal. <laughs> I have no right to do that. Mm. It's not because I think it's not my house. Mm. It's, an, it's an 
it's that enormous amount of trust actually oh. that Carrie is putting in to you. Yes, it to is. To go off and to... Yes, and it's all trust. Mm. Um, and I also have to trust him. Yes. But when he's going into like he comes to you, I think, well, he's not going to upset the apple cart and teach stuff that he's denied, or deny stuff he's taught for 35, 40 years to you. Mm -hmm. It's all trust. Mm. But it's also, that's what covenant does. Mm. You see, you trust, you trust each other. Mm. Trust each other your life. Mm. You, you do trust with, with your life. Mm. That's, a, that's what covenant does. As a, um, as a teacher, obviously you've talked about how you'd work together with, with Kerry. How does it work in relation to the other gifts? It has to the um, mostly my personal experience is working with prophets or other teachers. I think because of the evangelist um, and what they do, my personal um, close working relationship um, is not closely involved with the evangelist. With pastors, uh, we're not just elders, but the pastors, um, if there's a, a pastor a, a resident in the church, it would be very much, I want to hear the condition mm -hmm. And what the people are needing. So, for instance, I've just been in Gilman, mm -hmm. Illinois, where uh, Jim Harkins is, who's clearly pastoral ministry. And now we're sort of listening and say, what do the people, what do they need to be fed? The elders know that, but it's like, but primarily my working has been traveling with prophets okay. and teachers, prophets like Tony Lane. Mm -hmm. Teachers like Mick Walford, mm -hmm. who are not the, Mick's not the same kind of teacher as me. Mm -hmm. So when we travel together, uh, we've been to you know places Cuba and Sri Lanka and um, the conferences here, where we're asked to do things, and we think, well, we're two teachers here, but we're not the same. Um, so usually, Mick will say to me, "You go first, because Mick's a very doctrinal man." Mm -hmm. But he would say, I can lay in more of the doctrine and the principle of something. He can do that. Mm -hmm. But then Mick, you know, Mick, Mick can come and teach. And he's, he's more of a pastoral teacher. Okay. His storytelling and his care. He's much more that than me. Mm -hmm. with, a, with a Tony, it's more of, it used to be, he's a prophet. Mm -hmm. So he would go first. Okay. That's the order, a prophet and a teacher. So we would travel places like South Africa and Cuba and other places. We teach in a church or in a conference. It would be Tony would paint the big picture. Mm. You know, the kingdom say he would do, and he'd say, "I'm going to show you the kingdom of God in the way only Tony did." <laughs> and then he would say, "Roger and I will come and fill in all the details." But that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. So Tony. Tony would do that, but then Tony would sit and listen to me because I could do what Tony couldn't do. I remember you telling me about the first time that you were preaching in front of Tony. Oh, that, that story. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those conferences when, um, when I think I was still being stretched <laughs> and going other places. And uh, Tony and I, I had no. It was I think it was in this country. Tony and I was to speak at some kind of leaders or young whatever conference it was, and. Uh, Tony Lane, I, I, I got to know him a bit, 
and of course we became very close friends eventually. And uh, Tony is Tony's good. <laughs> he never heard me speak. And um, so we got there, and I thought I'm really nervous and frightened. <laughs> and uh, I said to him, uh, "You will go first. Yes, I'll go first. You start. I'll take uh, by the first two sessions." I said, "Okay." Then I said, uh, "Will you go and rest?" <laughs> And have some rest ready for He said, No, no, no. He said, I'll be sitting in the front listening to you. He said, Because, he said, um, I need to learn and hear what the Lord is bringing to us through you. Mm-hmm. Blew me out of the water <laughs> in many ways. First of all, what a great man. Mm-hmm. And then, secondly, this man understands how gifts of Christ work together. Because he was now going to listen. To, to me, to the teacher, when I have to say on Revelation, an understanding of the purpose and the plan of God and the scriptures, I don't know if anybody can compare to him. <laughs> but the humility mm-hmm. and the understanding, that was the thing. He understood how gifts work. Yeah. It wasn't like, I'm the prophet, I'm going off now, you're the teacher. It was, oh, God, I didn't understand that. Mm. But it also helped me understand how important, take me out of it, how important the role of each gift is. Yeah. That this gift was honouring, not me, it was honouring the gift. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. One of the gift. Mm-hmm. And I guess as well that um, just being secure in knowing what it is that you can bring and not trying yeah. to be anything else that's different. Yeah. And it's the, I'm called to do this and this particular moment and if I overstep the bounds I'm, yes. I'm, I'm moving out of the anointing so I remember as you're talking I remember the story Tony told me once <laughs> he, he did not get annoyed <laughs> but he said there was this one time he didn't tell me it was he said he was going to his place uh, with a teacher and the, te- the guy said you know what, what's your thing what you're going to be ministering so Tony said well, I'm going to be in my session I'll be doing this 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 and this and this and this, and this. so, so um, the other guy said, okay, he said, well, I'll, I'll go first. And I'll just say, and so, okay, because Tony would never fight. So the guy got up and he did everything to Tony. <laughs> and of course, he just swept the, thing, the feet from underneath and left him with nothing. And uh, so Tony said, so what did you do that for? He said, well, I just thought I'd help and set the scene. But what he did, he, re- he upset the order, really. It's not like Tony's the most important person, no. but, but that's how the gifts work. It's a, see, the order in the church is apostles, prophets, and teachers. That's what 1 Corinthians tells us. They are, there's a chord between the three of them. They're not the most important, but the apostles and prophets are the, are the foundation, but the teachers are third, because it's the teacher's role to set that teaching of Christ set Christ in that place. And that's what a teacher always does. So if I visit Southport, it's not, well, have you had the apostles and prophets? No, but my role is knowing what you've had and then because of your elders mm-hmm. and yourself and the people, you're teaching that. So my role is just to come in and strengthen and add to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what the teacher does. The reinforcements in the company. Yeah, you're not bringing in... Um, New revelation. Well, you are in some way. You're expanding the revelation. You're expanding it and you're explaining it, but you're not laying in a, 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 a 
foundation that's not been laid before. Mm -hmm. It's there. Mm -hmm. It might be latent, uh, it might be prominent, but you know it's there. Mm. And that's in the church body as a whole, because a whole. There'll, be, there'll be new people that are in there that have not necessarily heard that. Uh, yeah, and that's what the elders do. Yeah. If elders are, uh, and I know you with your elders of uh, Dave and, uh, and Jeff and Mike, and then folks like yourself and other people who minister the word, um, and people like, you know, like Ali and all those, all those folks, what you're doing, you're thinking, well, we got new people coming in, they haven't got a clue. Yeah. So all they're coming in, into this environment, and that's why some te sometimes teaching is cyclical, because you say, well, we've got to come to this again now. Yeah. What's the new creation in Christ? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to do this? What mm -hmm. does it mean to speak in tongues? You know, mm -hmm. The people who've been there for years thinking, well, we've heard this a million times, but you think, no, but there's an increasing understanding of it. And Paul said, I don't have any problem telling you the same thing again. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah. So we have we've talked about apostles um, being the, the master architect and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Teachers coming in and the uh, many people have an understanding of what the evangelist and the pastors do, particularly in just equipping the church to be pastoral and to be evangelistic. And the prophet, we know what prophecy is, and it, it's the word of the Lord. Yeah. But but what is it that the prophet brings, and and how is it that the prophet is is also foundational? To the church yes a, a prophet is more than someone who prophesies that has the gift of prophecy it, it is a gift of christ mm -hmm. and sometimes it can be quite confusing because we're all we're all encouraged to prophesy <laughs> and sometimes we say well that person is prophetic because they prophesy a lot or they have a measure of prophecy in the church mm -hmm. but the prophet is 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 distinct because they are they are a gift and they're recognized in the same way as the other gifts are recognized but they do have a strong relationship to the apostle, mm. that they are those who hear from God. And sometimes it's interesting in Antioch, uh, it, the pro it was the prophets who were meeting mm. and said, uh, Paul, and si Paul and Barnabas, mm. that there was a grouping of them, but the, 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 spirit, the, spirit, the, the prophets arose. Mm. And so the prophets are not necessarily all great preachers, um, Tony Lynn was a, a prophet, but he was a preacher. Mm. He wasn't a strategist, but he'd hear from God and he would set counsel to apostles. Mm -hmm. He would set wisdom. Mm -hmm. Ellen too um, is not so much of a strategist. He's a different kind of prophet. He's an exhorting prophet. He's, in some ways, a pastoral man because mm -hmm. Ellen spends lots of time visiting communities, yeah. small churches, he's all over the, all over Norway and India, uh, traveling and, and ministering and meeting with people. Mm. Tony wasn't, Tony was quite a shy man, mm. very kind man, but Tony wasn't that kind of relational, and yet Tony would enjoy sitting with small groups of people. Yeah. But it's their relationship very much to the apostle, um, that, that's a, a very strong relationship, mm -hmm. where they are, they're hearing from God, for the directions and the mysteries. And uh, it's almost like the, the prophet hears and the apostle commands. Okay. So if maybe you, when you talk to a carrier or something, ask him, it might be worth asking, what's the relationship of an apostle to the prophet? And they will give an insight into that. Yeah, okay. Depending on the apostle and the prophets who are working with him. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and so they, they have, uh, 
Matthew Ling is a different kind of prophet again. He's also an elder of a church. And so you will find that they will have relationships to apostles. And because it's all manifold wisdom, it's all varied wisdom, you'll find that they will express that in that relationship. But they'll also, you'll see it through their, their gifting. So oftentimes you'll find um, in, a, in a person who has a, is a gift of Christ, there's another dimension working. Mm. So Kerry is very evangelistic. Yeah. Um, um, Kerry's also very pastoral and very prophetic. Yes, yes, he is. He is. <laughs> and, and a he, great teacher. Yeah, uh, and it's funny, he says, Oh, I'm not a great teacher of the word. He says, You know, uh, he can teach the word. But um, he, he would say, No, I'm not a teacher. And uh, he says, Well, that's why Roger's here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you, and you'll find that. So the prophet is not just someone who prophesies a lot. Yeah. They may not be a great public preacher, but they have a very strong relationship of direction, yeah. wisdom and counsel, and hearing from God yeah. to the apostle and the other gifts. I remember reading in um, Terry Virgo's The Spiritful Church, yeah. he was saying that the, the prophet is the, he hears the word of the Lord and he makes sure that the church is is hearing the word of the Lord. Yeah, and that's, are we saying to the word of the right. Lord? Are we? And it's it's the drum that is being, in, yeah. in the same way that the evangelist is. Are we reaching out? Yeah, the they're beating that drum, and and how they then mediate that. It can be direct to the church. Yeah. It can be through the apostle. Yeah. It can be through the gifts. Boom! Play that drum. Play that. Play that. Play that. And you just think, okay. Yeah, and it's the it, it, we, obviously you have the element of you don't want to reduce what the Ephesians 4 giftings do to the, they, they equip the church to be prophetic and they equip the church to be apostolic yeah. and because it's so much bigger than that, isn't it? Yes. And they're equipping the church, it's equipping the church to be mature in all of its giftings, in all of its mm. fullness, in all, and um, it's just important, <laughs> I think. To yeah, if, if you scratch any gift of Christ, they're not interested in um, personal ambition, the ones mm. I know and mm. value across the world not just the ones that are apostolic company, but others. They have this overriding drive that the church, the people of God, come to this fullness and this mm. maturity of Christ um, in very practical ways, that we really grow up and become mature sons of God, that yeah. uh, God the Father will say, now you're ready and I'm gonna send Jesus back. Mm -hmm. Because that's how much my memory's gone now. That's what restoration is. Yeah. Rest, uh, <laughs> did we ever talk about the restoration? <laughs> or is that next? Um, but that's what it is. You're always thinking, so that, so that, yeah. so that. So there's always, this is great. Yeah. But there's more, there's yeah. more, there's more. There's more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you found over the course of your time um, as an Ephesians 4 teacher that, that you're the way that your gifting is expressed is changed or grown or expanded or yes yes it, it grows in uh, it grows in revelation because when I was recognised as a teacher I didn't know everything mm. I still don't <laughs> and this notion that well you're a teacher now you you mature no like anything else um, the way you're functioning the way you're listening the way you're expressing has to change you grow. Uh, 
the Spirit within you and Holy Spirit is, is continually growing you and stretching you. That, that comes through responsibility, yeah. where you're asked to do things, mm. put into situations. Personally, it's grown as uh, demands are made on me by the churches, mm-hmm. uh, demands are made on me by the apostles and the, the gifts. The greater the demand. The greater the demand. The, the demands made upon me by elders, mm-hmm. such as, you know, Dave and Mike, <laughs> which, I, which I need. Yeah. It's not like, well, I'm coming in to tell you everything. It's like, uh, last time we came to you, which was uh, with Diane as well, that was a great challenge for us because of what you were facing with sicknesses. And yeah. So it's not like, oh, coming in. It's We're coming in to people we love, and elders are saying, you're the gift we need, and we need you to do this. Mm-hmm. It's not like on your ear. It's wow. Okay. So I have to grow in that then. Yeah. Um, more response growing worldwide, going into other countries, and meeting significant mm-hmm. people who I respect. People like a Slava Goncharenko mm-hmm. or a Ricardo in Cuba. Mm-hmm. People like that who are big players. We see them when they come here, but you go there, they, these are big players mm-hmm. in their nations. Mm-hmm. And you think, wow, yeah. and they're exposing you to their works. And uh, when you teach them something that changes the nation, that's happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to hear that? Yeah, when you were talking about the, the kingdom of God in Cuba, was it? <sighs> yeah, uh, Tony Ling and I were there. and. Uh, when the bishop had been to us, he'd seen and taught and learned about the kingdom and he said, this is the kingdom. So uh, Tony and I were there teaching on the kingdom and uh, we're teaching on the spiritual nature and teaching on the righteousness of the kingdom, that we are righteous in Christ as he is, so mm-hmm. we, you know, what mm-hmm. we believe. Well, that, that was new to them because they, they're great people, but they, their understanding was we're, basically we're sinners saved by grace. Kind of a worm theology. Yeah. Um, uh, fant- I love the Cuban. They're just brilliant. Yeah. But then their services and their meetings, every Sunday they would come have the altar call where people would have to come and confess their sins. Even if they didn't know me. Mm-hmm. Part of their service. So I'm teaching on, on the righteousness of the kingdom and over so you can sense things are happening here. Yeah. That we are righteous, we're not sinners, we're saints, we're holy. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the session, the bishop, Ricardo, gets up. <laughs> He's a big guy. He's <laughs> right in front. And uh, he walked up and he, he just stood there and uh, he said, uh, I thought, what's he going to say? <laughs> and he said, today, um, we change our practice. Rather, about the whole nation. He said, that we have heard from the word of God who we really are in Christ. Mm-hmm. From this day on, because this is a pastor's conference, about 500 of them. He said, from today, in our services, we do not call people forward as sinners. We now teach them that they are saints and holy and righteous. Mm-hmm. And then he said, today, you've changed our nation. Wow. That was slightly frightening, because you just think, but that's, a, that's quite an awesome, that from what one has taught, a nation has changed. Yeah, that that was that was kind of I use the word awesome. I thought, wow, God, 
That's spiritual authority in action. It was spiritual authority because I couldn't tell them that. Yeah. I'm in this man's house, mm. but I'm teaching what the scriptures say. Mm. And because he's a man of God, mm -hmm. he says that's what the scripture teaches. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's. I know that he's Bishop Ricardo, but he's operating in an, in an apostolic function over the church. Yeah, he is. Really. Yeah. Yes. And for for the apostle to go, I, I had it wrong. And our church. Yeah, is, I'm not sure it's wrong. It's just my revelation was. Oh, not, it, yeah. It, was, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. It, it, that's a better it, way. It was. It, it, it was. It was filled yeah. out more here. Yeah. But which it causes change. It now. causes change, which which we have to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thinking, no, we haven't got it all. There are yeah. times when you're thinking, well, we have to change that now. Yeah. We talked about the relationship that you'd have with apostles and the other ministries. What um, would be um, the relationship, or, or how should um, how should the rest of the church think and approach and um, almost have relationship with Ephesians Four Ministries? What how does that interplay work? The question. I think it depends on the gift is. I think by the nature of uh, um, pastors tend to be local anyway, mm -hmm. even though they, they're, they're shepherds to the, to the flock, mm -hmm. but it's mostly expressed locally. I think for teachers, because we interact a lot with the people of God, um, and I, I do like to interact with, with folks, mm -hmm. as you know. Um, I think for the apostle, because you might not see them for a long time, mm. uh, and I think it's just keeping them before the people, mm. and uh, not making them scary out of reach of the people. Yeah. Or when they come, it's like, Kerry's <gasps> in town. <laughs> I've always been surprised, um, probably to my shame, but surprised by how accessible they are. They are accessible, and, yeah. And just wanting to be, they're not some... No, they're not. Celebrity, they're not after that, they're not wanting to no. be separate from the people. And I, I know, I know they don't like to be made a fuss of. Mm -hmm. They like, it's the balance. Kerry is the, is the father of the apostolic ministry to this house. Mm -hmm. um, and therefore, he's the father, so it's not like, oh, father's here. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, oh, Kerry's here, the apostle of the friend. Mm -hmm. He is the apostle, mm -hmm. uh, but he's a friend. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not when introducing him or talking of him, making him this kind of unapproachable. It's that honor yeah. and respect, but it's also, it's Kerry. Mm -hmm. um, I think you do it well in Southport, you know, when Diane and I come, you know, it's, uh, you make room for the gift. You know how to use a gift, I believe, in Southport. Mm -hmm. I always feel when I come, I think Dave and Jeff and Mike and yourself, you know how to use the gift. Um, I always feel these guys know how to use a gift. Wear me out and send me on my way. <laughs> <laughs> use and abuse. <laughs> that's the way. And I, I, I think that's a good thing. So you, you keep the relationship there. Yeah. But also, at, at times, thinking, you, folks, you have access to, to them. And I know when Kerry comes to it, he loves to talk to the people, mm. loves to be with people. And it's not like, well, he's coming to me and I rush him out and he's only with the elders. Mm. Because... I know some churches can struggle, but sometimes, and Paul did it, he said, I heard from the household of Stephanus. Mm. Well, he was not an elder. Mm. No, I, I heard from Fred. Fred? Yeah, Fred's part of this church. Mm. 
um, and they have a relationship with the people. Mm. Depends a lot on on the apostle and the size of the church and where they're traveling. So yeah. the more in these part, this part of his life, Kerry, um, uh, he spent a lot of time in America, but that's okay because he's what he's doing in his life at the moment. He's also I used to wear them as a statesman, mm. but there are brothers who are of significant stature who draw on him for his wisdom and experience. Yeah. And you have to think, well... That's him working apostolically. That's working in, in, in his mandate. And that's him. David Lyon, not so much, because that's not David's mandate. And you have to think, he has to be free within his mandate. Mm. Um, well, thank you everyone for listening to what has been a wonderful conversation. There's been some stuff that I've not heard there before, so oh, thank you. very much appreciate your time, Roger, and appreciate your wisdom. Um, and it's amazing, isn't it, that we can use technology to be yeah. able to, to bring this wisdom to anybody that's um, wanting to listen. Sure. Thank you very much. And uh, If you have any questions at all about this stuff, we'd love for you to reach out to us. Um, you can see the details wherever it is that you're watching or listening. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you and uh, bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.